You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and I'm so excited that you're joining me. If you are a fan of Dear Multi-Hyphenate, please rate, subscribe, comment, share, do all of that good stuff. Especially on Apple Podcasts, please write a review. It really, really helps. And thank you to Broadway Podcast Network for giving me the space to share these stories. Um, a little update. I'm really excited because uh, in the fall I'm going to be joining the teaching staff at Strasbourg, the Lee Strasbourg Institute, and I will be teaching the um, NYU students, the NYU performance students, uh, theater business, and we'll be teaching out of my book once it's published. I'm very excited about it. So I wanted to share that little little bit of information. Um, I'll share more as I know as I know more, but I'm just really excited to join the Strasbourg and NYU family. Um, I've always wanted to be to you know I really love Egyptology, <laughs> and when I watch um, documentaries on Egyptology, there's they always interview the people that are doing the um, excavations, and they always are professors at Harvard or Yale or something like that. And I'm always like, that's so cool that they have these like home teaching bases at these universities and then they go off and do all of this field work i'm like i want that i want to have a home base and i feel like i'm, I'm finding one which is really kind of cool so strasburg fall woo um there's also a lot of stuff going on in tiktok regarding the industry specifically auditions and what to post regarding auditions and um there's just a lot of misinformation going on and there's a lot of um there's a lot of like intention that is not directed in the in the best way in terms of sharing um i just want to share i just want to say this when you're sharing on social media when it comes to the industry make sure it's true make sure it's affecting your audience in a positive way and be kind like there's a lot of i get it we all need to boost our own egos once in a while but is sharing your self-tapes the way to do it? Your self-tape bloopers or, you know, uh, sort of sharing that you got a call back for a project? Like, who, what, what is the purpose of that? Sharing that you have a call back? I, I'm not a fan of sharing 
that sort of process in social media. I am I am sort of one of those people that's like, when it's final, share it. When it's when the contract is signed, share it. Um, because you know you have to remember that process becomes product when you share it on social media. Um, and sometimes our process is very private and should be private. So I just want to, if you're listening to this and you post a lot on social media, just, you know, maybe you can keep some of your process to yourself and maybe you could take stock of how that helps your artistry. Um, but if that's, you know, part of your brand posting your process, then by all means go for it. But I'm just, I'm just saying who are you who are you trying to affect who are you trying to get to listen and uh who are you helping that's all um i'm really excited for this episode i have robbie roselle performer director writer graphic designer and record producer i mean robbie robbie is in is so one such a wonderful cabaret cultivator and his concerts sell in literally 26 minutes it's a, he, I mean, he's amazing. Uh, he has infiltrated the industry in such an interesting way. He's directed and written, uh, sold out cabarets for Tony Award nominees like Melissa Errico and Kate Baldwin, uh, Nika Graflanzarone, uh, uh, Miss Kasha Davis from... Did you hear my puppy snoring in the background? Uh, Miss Kasha Davis from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. He has multiple CDs. He was the creative director at playbill and uh and he also runs ghostlight design i mean talk about a multi-hyphenate he's amazing and i'm really excited for you to to listen to what he says i think it's a great conversation so as a reminder please rate comment subscribe do all that good stuff and uh and enjoy hi robbie Rizal. Michael Kushner, how are you? We've been trying to do this for a long time. You asked me to be the next guest back in January. <laughs> oh, God, life does happen, right? And of course, the one day that we record, Roe v. Wade is overturned just like, the morning of. What a nightmare. Like, honestly, and and you actually asked me, should should we postpone? And I said, no, because I think that we should talk about ways that we um, can use our social platforms and stuff like that, because we have followings and ways to uplift. So that's why I said, no, let's keep going. I think the interesting thing about, you know, and I write this in my upcoming book is like, you know, we have to constantly pivot because of the shit that is being thrown at us in uh, the world. And it's like, you know, you are a very sought out after sought after, yeah, sought out after, um, cabaret and concert performer. And you're the, you're the Marilyn May of our generation. And, um, I, I, uh, what if, what if you had a show tonight? Like you don't cancel the show, but you have to acknowledge what is happening what is happening if you recall um was it four four years ago you shot my show at fine signs 54 below which was the pride show yeah uh which was after also a very dark scotus ruling Mm -hmm. about the baker Mm -hmm. um and the and the wedding cakes 
And uh, in the show, I sang No More from Into the Woods. And the the day of um, the band rehearsal. So when you do cabaret, you have a band sometimes and you have to pay them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I have a very good band. um, But when we had our band rehearsal that Monday was the day that we found about, out about the children in cages. Mm. Um, and the last three lines of no more are all the children, mm. all the giants, no more. And I had a full nervous breakdown in Michiko studios, uh, just sweeping uncontrollably, um, but kept that song because we have to, shine a light on truth right Mm -hmm. so that's why we do and it's so interesting I was just talking with Ari Axelrod live on Instagram yesterday and he popped Mm -hmm. in at the end and he brought up this really interesting point about how a cabaret has literally literally saved someone's life um and she had she had chemotherapy and went to her favorite diner and was going to have one last of her favorite diner meals in her spot and then was going to go home and end it because she, uh, you know, she couldn't fight anymore. But she was sat next to Ari who said, hey, what are you doing tonight? You should come to my show. And, uh, and then she actually wound up going to the show. And um, she said afterwards and was like, I'm not supposed to be here. And he was like, oh, well, yeah, it's so, I'm so glad that you came. And she's like, no, 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 I'm not supposed to be here. And uh, I have decided to keep fighting because of your show. And now the woman is in remission. And I was just like, you know, we, I, without patting ourselves on the back, what we get to do, it really does matter. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a reason why, you know, I, I will talk about, I think something that you and I connect on is like divas, is women in theater. Um, mm-hmm. and the, why I get so excited when I get to photograph those women in my, in this studio is because they saved me from bullying. They helped me figure out who I am. When I was being bullied in middle school, all I did was turn on that cast album and I had a friend. So when those same women come into my studio and I take, I make sure I take care of them because they took care of me. Yeah. I did a whole album around that, you know? It's, it's just, care to, let, let's talk about your album. Which album sure. is this? Um, Songs from Inside My Locker, live at Feinstein's 54 Below. Um, so so you, you have a really interesting in, in the industry. You're, you were, you, you know, I'm a friend of yours. You're a friend of mine. So you didn't start out as a performer. I certainly did. I mean, sure, yes, in the sense of like community theater, right? Right, right. Uh, which is a whole different thing. But um, moving to the city, I was never going to be, I wasn't chasing my uh, my um, mark and rent dreams. Anymore. What was the plan? Uh, to exist, truly, <laughs> like to stay alive. Yeah. Um, usually on Chipotle because it was cheaper then. Yes, uh, it was. True. <laughs> Guacamole has really <laughs> kicked up. Guacamole is very expensive. Who are you telling? Who are you telling? Who are you telling? Um, so, <laughs> so I moved here. I was running a hotel. I was running a hotel in um, the, the Poconos. And uh, truly- I didn't know that. Yeah. I lived multi-lives. Mm, truly, Mul- like- 
multi lives like old, old lady multi lives so, for this multi hyphenate right um I I mean I was working kind of in show business because I was working for a record label at the time called PS Classics. I was uh, an an assistant to a brilliant record producer named Tommy Krasker mm-hmm. um, and his partner Philip Chafin, and um, a lot of it was just like proofreading CD books and sometimes laying them out and things like that and freelancing. But uh, my main gig was running a Hampton Inn, and let me tell you. There's nothing worse in the world than vacationing people in the Poconos mm-hmm. on weekends when there are blizzards. Yeah, Tr- truly. And you know, the minute you put on a name tag, you cease to be a human being. You are just a robot to bring towels. Um, I did that for five years. Turns out um, I don't like um, people. but specifically like vacationing people i love people and certainly you know i'm trying to fight for people every every day of my existence Mm -hmm. but uh, i moved here because i was about to turn 35 and uh, i was on vacation my like week vacation from my garbage job and i i just uh, my my apartment lease was coming was uh, ending, and they were gonna demolish the building. So it's like, now or never. You know what I mean? Now or never. Get off the pot. Let's do this. Yeah. So I turned to my now husband and I said, "Here's the deal. Uh, we lose this place, um, and I think we should look at New York uh, because I don't want to be a what if." Mm-hmm. So. Um, and you wonder what if what if but you are wearing glasses so are you liz or are you beth beth wait liz where'd you go liz oh hey are you here to play in a city hey it's me (laughs) um that's a very niche if then joke for (laughs) the listeners who are very confused yes i was watching the show (laughs) so so um so i moved here without a job my husband stayed back in Pennsylvania um, working as a therapist for another two and a half years while uh, I found a place here, found a job at uh, Playbill as a digital scanner. I was literally, my job was scanning pages of Playbills for the Playbill vault um, for $10 an hour. And when I got hired, the person who hired me said, um, we, we think you have too much experience for this and <laughs> you, you will probably leave before you finish. And I said, maybe you'll find other things for me to do. Mm-hmm. Three months later, I became uh, essentially the creative director of Playbill. Um, I was there for three and a half years. Um, and in that time, I started working with people creating cabaret acts as just like a, an artistic outlet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I love theater music, theater music saved my life. And what better way to give back than to turn to, to give jokes to Melissa Erico and Kate Baldwin, you know, like Sopranos need jokes and I know how to do that. Yeah. Yes. If Sopranos need jokes. Please. Uh-huh. If, if you want to donate, call 1-800-Sopranos need jokes. Jokes for, it's the number four. Yeah. Jokes Sops. for Sops. <laughs> Anyway, um, and every time I would do like a gig at 54, which was like my artistic home for many years, 
um, you know, uh, uh, the staff there would say to me, oh, my God, you're so funny. You should really do your own thing. And I said to you're them, brilliant. The you time, look like Linda Evangelista. You, you're a model. <laughs> I was like, nobody's coming to that. Nobody wants to hear the re-gift. Um, mm. Listener, I pointed to my throat, the re-gift. What do you call? What do you call yourself? Your what? Your my no. Oh, I'm a Charles Nelson Riley with a Paul Lind Rising. I'm a personality. The other one is the best one. Though you're Broadway adjacent. Oh yeah, I am fully Broadway adjacent. My like favorite. barely, I am equity adjacent. Um, God, just, that those jokes, those are my favorite ones because oh, they're so niche, but they're so specific and honest. Very true. I believe in honesty like a heightened honesty at times when I perform, but like it's everything I'm saying is very truthful and it comes from a very real place. And so the, the best comment, the best, com the best comedy comes from a place of, of darkness, awareness, really. darkness and awareness. <laughs> <laughs> Lost in the darkness. This is okay. Now we have Jekyll and Hyde, Shirley Bassey. Oh, which I've done in shows. So you've done one of the world's worst community theater production of Jekyll and Hyde ever. Jekyll and Hyde, exclamation point. Uh-huh. Or as we call it in the biz, Jekyll. Jekyll. Um, <laughs> do you hate people who one word shows? I know. I love him because I am one. Oh, God. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I'll, I live in Astoria and I'll have to take the train and I'm always stuck behind like two just got back from out of town actors who are like, oh, you know, I just did West Side at Cap Rep and I just put a cigarette out in my eye. It would be easier. Um, <laughs> you you prefer West Side Story. Name of the show. Now, am I going to shorten a funny thing happened on the way to the forum? Probably. Forum. I get a breeze. But <laughs> right. there's just something like, are you saying deed instead of candied? That's a question I'm just curious about. That's funny. You're, you can't say more for a more. No. I mean, I could but nobody would know what the hell i was talking about we also don't even say a more no i saw it though you did yeah um melissa erica and i worked together a lot and we went over to london and it was making its european debut over there at an off western theater and so the night before we did our show we went and saw more that's i sang a song from it in college i remember it was I think, the painting song chris fitzgerald song oh okay yeah, I thought maybe the Norm Lewis song because like you can't pull a lot of those songs out of the score. No, there's a Chris Fitzgerald song in it that was like because like in college, like we were sort of going for the young Chris Fitzgerald type sure. thing. Mm -hmm. and then I quickly realized that wasn't for me. Love his work. It's you know what I mean? It's just like it's a mm -hmm. much, much yeah. Jewier. You know, we've had this conversation a million times. What you weird. Okay. Gayer and Jewier. And I think, you know, Chris Fitzgerald was a really great, like, straight option for me to look at. And sure. I think a lot of the faculty wanted me to, like, be straighter, be more mature, you know, be more chill, things like that. Be and more chill. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> how, many how many musical theater references can we throw into this one? I'm really hoping that your listeners are drinking every time we do, because I would like to put some people into comas. Sounds good. If you're right. listening, start the episode over. Mm -hmm. Go back. Listen Go back. to the dulcet tones of us again. The dulcet tones. The dulcinea tones of. Oh. Oh. That's another one. That's another one. I can't. I, 
I they're gonna black out by you know sixteen Dulcinea, minutes in. Honestly, they're gonna black out by Dulcinea. They're gonna like like I blacked out at your show. Whoops. I mean, remember, remember that? I don't. At the uh, when I had the residency. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a good night. I, I what I remember most is you looking at me very intently, and just saying, "Do you love me?" <laughs> repeat like over and over and listener we're still here so clearly the answer is yes do you love me it was a little dark do i love you do i love you there's another one truly i was like am i supposed to be golda or who am i in this situation oh um you know who am i two four six oh one they can't everyone's blacked out they they're like done please turn it off go enjoy I don't know, whatever other podcast you're listening to, go donate to an abortion fund. Yes, true. So, so go back. So to be back on on the, uh, you know, to get back on the track. Um, all right. Uh, Fifty four. Everybody, they were always like, "Do do you want to do something?" And I was always, "No, no, 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 no." I put it on Facebook <laughs> because people still use Facebook. Yes. And I said, uh, you know, if hypothetically I did a thing, would you hypothetically come to the thing? And an hour later, I had a date and a contract, so I had to do a thing. And that's what begat um, this sort of second career. I think people are really confused as to, like, how to book a cabaret and concert. And when I was at Green Room, I never really talked about it on my podcast because it wasn't the focus. Like, my sure. this podcast isn't the focus of, like, you know, cabaret and concert. It's sort of, like, mm-hmm. it's the multi-hyphenate. But, like, how right. do how do you personally, how do you get your dates how do ah. you get asked to do something in London like what you just did? Like That's what? Great question. For me, I am very much a self-starter um, and doing um, doing uh, what I what I feel is important to me um, as as like a human and mm-hmm. a performer second. So uh, if I want to do something, I sort of will it into existence. And a lot of that is a lot of cold emails. Yes. Um, uh, There's so many cold emails that I'll send out. Hi, I am a cabaret beloved, fully ignored cabaret sensation, Robbie (laughs) Roselle. Um, I have an album. Like, you know, I'll send the album and I'll say, here's the pitch, blah, blah, blah. Nine times out of 10, I will never get an email back i can't book p-town if i was trying to get it pregnant really uh, yeah, truly i cannot to save my life and i would like to play there because gays enjoy me and i enjoy um gays, gays being one so like okay <laughs> th- that just makes sense um i can't book la or san francisco like anywhere where my people are can't book them london I bu- I was able to book. I sent a cold email. I got the uh, they they said we're doing an American London series. Absolutely, come on over. And that's how that happened. It was a cold email. But uh, on the flip side of that, now in New York, I get asked to do shows. I don't ask anymore. Um, I I did fifty four for a very long time, um, and I was. Uh, one of the people who reopened the club. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the first show. Of the two of us two. were. The yeah. Two of us were. Um, reopening the club. And then right out of that uh, began a uh, relationship with Birdland. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and then you, uh, when you were at Green Room, asked me to do some shows that uh, have yet to come to fruition. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Listen. Yeah. I think listeners are, are afraid of cold emails. And something that I'm excited about in my book coming up is I teach you, I teach you how to write a good cold email. Right. Um, it's literally like I, I break it down and I give you options, basically things for you to copy and paste as to what makes a really successful email if you are scared of cold calling and uh, yeah. cold emailing. And pretty much like what I like to say is something that if you really don't like cold emailing, um, put, you know, do a one sheet, make a one sheet with all of that information mm-hmm. and make it a PDF. And it's literally the who, what, where, when, how, and why of what you're doing. And literally all you have to do in that email is be like, hi, more information is attached. Yada, yada, yada. Would love, would love to play your club. Yes. And make it, you know, what I say about everything in the art world is we have to make it about the other. It's not about mm-hmm. us. Why do you want to be a part of that club? Why do you feel like this specific story fits in your space? Why, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. In my last performance, I sold out in, what did you say? You sold out in what? 26 minutes. You sold out in 26 minutes. That is something that you would lead with in an email, right? Like, And, you know, uh, it's a lot of like, list your social stats and things like that, which is terrible. I hate it personally. Well, I have a following, but I also feel like that gets, um, yeah, it it starts to sound like you should have me because uh, people follow me on a social platform. When do you think Broadway is going to realize that social media stats don't equal ticket sales? I I don't know that they ever will be. Uh, you would think Mean Girls, et cetera, would have been like an ex- a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know specifically because I feel like the pandemic sort of broke things up. And so there are a lot of lessons that have not been learned the way they would have been. I think social media certainly helps like with influencer with influencer packages you know getting the unboxing things like i had one from um annie live like those are so fun to do i got one and it gets people to watch and it gets people you know to interact that's very fun um i i think colleen ballinger super successful Mm -hmm. in in that casting of waitress you know what i mean Uh, and such a multi-hyphenate in terms of creating this character and it becoming uh, a TV show, being a writer, a producer. Has the skills to back has, up. And is musical theater trained. Correct. So she was incredible, but we see, and I think we've always seen this in Broadway, uh, you know, it, 10 years ago, it wasn't social media stats. It was daytime TV. And it was, you know what I mean? It was, sure. it was things like that. But I really do feel like we we are sort of stuck in this world of the more social media, media mm-hmm. followers you have like I've seen so many regional theater productions where on stage there are people that have millions of followers and that sold is and that house is less than half sold yeah I'm just wondering when we're gonna put you know when we're gonna feel the pressure off of ourselves to I mean I I would hope soon I don't really go for 
uh, like I, I don't audition for Broadway shows or anything right. anymore uh, because I know that I'm a very specific type and don't fit that mold. I think you and I are very specific in what we can and want to do on stage. And what, what I think like we bring to the table, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, and because so a, oh, like ten, nine or 10 years ago, I was filming an interview for a friend of mine who does a lot of on-camera stuff, and he was interviewing Jan Maxwell, mm -hmm. um, who, R.I.P., missed her so much. But so he so asked, glad I got to see her do Follies. Right? Yeah. Oh, she should have won a Tony. Um, yeah. A lot of people should have won a Tony in that production. Yeah. Danny Burstein should have several Tonys. Anyway, um, but oh, yes. <laughs> But specifically for volleys, he was brilliant. Anyway, Jan Maxwell, um, the interviewer asked the the that sort of like question. What what uh, what advice do you have for younger people? You know, the same. It's sort of like a question that gets asked over and over. And Jan Maxwell looked straight into the camera and through the eye of the camera into my soul, and said. You have to make your own work. You have to choose yourself and other people will choose you. And that's specifically when I started doing cabaret work. And she's yeah. so right. And she's so right. Yeah. You have to choose yourself and other people will choose you. Mm -hmm. That's the whole foundation of multi-hyphenate work. Yep. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, there are people that they go to Michigan and CCM and Ithaca and all of those programs and they yeah. graduate and they become Broadway stars. Cool. Yep. But the pool is so small. The, the, uh, there's so much waiting. There's so much. And chances are the reason why we find young, when we see young people being successful is because they are taking the chance mm -hmm. and getting their own stuff out there yeah and now when all you need is an iphone and a youtube account you can literally do anything you can literally do anything but i'm 45 i could not always you know right i mean look can't really film me on a landline i think <laughs> you'd be surprised <laughs> um <laughs> you'd be surprised there's another reference right there madeline Kahn singing that song Oh, I sang it, it. You did? Yeah, when uh, when I reopened Birdland, or, or when I reopened Fifty Four, it was the third song in. You you did some really great songs in your recent Birdland I show. I always songs. hunt for like comic stuff that Me too. I'm sing every day. Me too. I mean, here's the joy of I don't know if I've told this story on my podcast yet, but here's the joy of what cabaret and concert can lead you to. It's like, you know, when I've always been so fascinated and in love with Madeline Kahn. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so, you know, I, I want, I wanted, I want her career. I still do, you know, Mel Brooks and Madeline's sure. and my mom, when I was moving to the city, my mom's boyfriend was like, you know, when you go to the city, I have some people there that you can meet. And I basically was like, whatever. Um, so <laughs> in order to like, yeah, in order to make my mom happy, I added like the first person that he told me. And so I did. And then a few years later, go by um, Remy, my fiance and I meet and uh, we're having like a cute little date, snow date, date, snow day, date. And um, we're watching the Carol Channing documentary, Larger Than Life, highly mm -hmm. recommend. 
and there's one V8, like old VHS snippet of her singing a song. She literally goes, anyone who's anyone is Jewish. And I was like, I want that song. That has to be my song. So I waited the credits. There was no information. So I Googled Carol Channing documentary, larger than life bibliography. And up came this PDF that had all of the songs in it. And it said, anyone who's anyone is Jewish music and lyrics by Bill Whedon. And I went, Bill Whedon. Why do I know that name? And I was like, I'm Facebook friends with him. Why am I? It was the guy that Adam told me to, to add. So I messaged him, messaged him, and he had a copy in his attic that he photo scanned for me, just like you with Playbill. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes, Michael, I'm so excited that you want this song. The only three people that have sung this before you is Betty Aberlin, Carol Channing, and Madeline Kahn. Well, I mean, where do you go from there? So that's the magic of cabaret and concert though. You know, it's like you get to tell those specific stories and, and sing those songs that are for you. It's like, yeah, you could sing things from Waitress. That's cool. But why don't you find the things that really mirror your experience and your life and who you are? Yeah. I mean, the storytelling of it, and I'm not interested in like the, the trope, the cabaret trope of I wanted to be an actress and so I moved to New York and my boyfriend broke up with me and Mm. now I'm going to sing for you times like this. No, my my pride show was based on what does the question, what does pride mean to me? And Mm -hmm. my gayness would be nothing without my Judaism and my Judaism would be nothing without my gayness. So So I incorporated this very niche specific point of view of Judaism and gayness and gayness and Judaism and that was my pride story and I think it was a really successful night look are people talking about it to this day no am I talking about to this day well in this instant yes Absolutely. but but it served a purpose for that mm. moment it yeah you know and that's what cabaret and concert does storytelling storytelling it's storytelling right that's exactly what it is. And we get to control, we get, we get to control it. We get to, we get to be in charge of what happens on that stage. And I don't know if people are scared to go that far into I it. think, I'm not, I don't know if they're scared per se. I know a lot of actors don't love being themselves. Mm-hmm. They love slipping into somebody else's skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that sounds gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But mm. I love being able to just walk out and talk, um, tell my jokes, things like that, and sing. Um, and then uh, if something's happening in the world, react to it in real time. Yes. Um, Speaking have, of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're doing it today. Today, uh, I have a single that came out because mm-hmm. um, I was like, hmm, a new song just for pride. Here's my jazz take of a Sesame Street love song. And um, then this, the SCOTUS ruling, um, stripping uh, women of their, their rights, uh, which is horrifying. And so 
you pivot like i how can i talk about like my silly song yeah when i have a very large platform where i'm able to up uplift voices and amplify um which is you know what i was doing during um the George Floyd protests uh, and the Women's March and everything like that. Yeah. Because if you have a platform, and specifically if you are a white cis man, how are you not using your platform to uh, amplify others? I don't, I think I've been hearing people go, can't we just have things that are light and like it doesn't have to be? Like we could just create it and it doesn't have to be something with, you know, other meaning, something political. I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. I don't, I think if you actually move forward, creating something in the spirit of, I moved to New York, my person broke up with me and I'm mm-hmm. going to sing about it. I think it is actually extremely self-focused and extremely um, in bad taste. I think yeah. that you have to, you, if you are going to take up that space, it has to deal with something worth talking about. Yes. Using that platform. I always joke that if you're going to show hole on Instagram, it better have a link to Planned Parenthood or something. Yeah. You know, um, at least use it for good. Uh, for good. It is. And during the during the pandemic, I went through um, my Instagram specifically and was unfollowing a ton of people who just kept posting shirtless selfie after shirtless selfie when they weren't posting ways to make things better. And what's so funny is if you can post shirtless selfies, go for it. But like, post a a call to action. Have a call to action. Be like, got your attention. Great. You know what I mean? Donate to Planned Parenthood. Like it's Today, you know, in the morning, I wanted to post that, you know, my book is going into production and I got the email that is going into production. And then 30 minutes later, you know, I saw the not- the news notifications come in. I deleted the post because I don't want to take up space on right. social media. And like when you're scrolling through, I don't want my photo to take up the space and have it be like, you know, what if the next picture is the one that has like the right number to call right you know what i mean so it's oh yeah how do you think um do you, how do you consume instagram these days oh with a little ketchup and salt and pepper what i mean by that is do you think people I are know. looking at grids at all anymore or are they just clicking through stories absent-mindedly well i have noticed that like my interaction on my grid posts mm-hmm. are so down yeah like I have, you know, in this moment, I have 12,400 followers and none of them are bought. They're all organic. Um, They're, you know, some are for photography, some are for producing, some are for me being cute AF, um, you know, whatever. But like, they're all organic. Yeah. There's no reason why a photo of me with with exciting information or a great photo I took or whatever gets 125 likes. I have 12,400 followers. So my interaction levels are so low. I have no idea why. And I'm not annoying on social media. Like I post every 
three or four days. Mm -hmm. I post casually maybe twice, two or three times on my story. And I comment and like on other people. So it's like, am I shadow banned? Is it like a- Personally that I am because I definitely- get very political in my stories mm-hmm. um, because that's where people are consuming content. I feel right. Like. Um, and it's not getting the, unless, you know, when I got COVID in London a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. suddenly that had 700 views. And I was like, wait a second, because nobody, I get truly like a hundred if, right. you know, and I, I realize that it's a numbers game and we're talking about a numbers game, but like how, it, it just becomes a, how does this get, how are we consuming it? And what can we do about that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I post on TikTok and like for every 10 to 15 videos, one goes sort of viral, not very viral, but like to the point of like, you know, I just did one of Randy Graff backstage of um, Mr. Saturday Night and it yeah. got almost 23,000 views, which for me is good. And then other, like I have almost 8,000 followers on TikTok. It's not, I, I don't try hard on TikTok. Um, I don't try hard, period. So I uh, Yeah, but I have 8,000 followers on TikTok, which isn't a lot, but you think I would get more views than 350 views on a video. You know what I mean? It's like, because yeah. I literally have that built-in following, but I just, people don't see it. And that's very frustrating about social media sometimes because I know that I, when I'm like really making a cute video, making one TikTok can take 45 minutes. It could take an hour. It could take longer than that. And for that, to put that in the world and have that be seen by 325 people, I mean, hopefully one of them is the right person. The right person needs to see it. But like, you know, it it gets so dis- disconcerting and just like discouraging. Just like, why am I trying so hard? 100%. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, so what to you is, you know, we're talking a lot about cabaret and concert. Mm-hmm. Um, what to you is a multi-hyphenate? Like, so weird because this is normally your first question um (laughs) yeah but the thing what i love about having guests that i know on that we have rapport on is that you could just jump in and talk about something and the episode becomes that but Mm -hmm. i do like to touch base and go what to you is a multi-hyphenate i think a multi-hyphenate is somebody who has um ability to work in multiple 
facets um, and use those skills. Um, for example, my day job, which you mentioned at the introduction, that's the greatest introduction of all time, um, is as the A&R director and uh, a record producer and graphic designer for Broadway Records. Mm -hmm. And those are three wildly diverse skill sets mm -hmm. um, in addition to like cabaret work. So it's really somebody who who has skill sets in multiple disciplines mm -hmm. and is able to execute them to the fullest. That to me is what a multi-hyphenate is. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think of the term Renaissance man? I think that there are a lot of different terms that apply to different things. Mm -hmm. Like Renaissance man or person, Renaissance person sure. is interesting because it insinuates that you are building something from the ashes. I like, see. You know, the Renaissance came out of the dark ages. So like, you know, oh, that per that's a Renaissance man. That person just created something that is masterful. It's a work of art. It's, I think it insinuates like, the multi-hyphenate but to me the multi-hyphenate means mm -hmm. multi-hyphenate renaissance person right. is like they're innovative and they're creative and they're making something new same thing with someone being multifaceted multi-talented multi this multi yeah. that mm -hmm. the multi-hyphenate word to me is so specific and of its own it's because it is a literal thing you it is multi hyphens and what goes in between those hyphens but an artistic identity so multi-talented yeah i could crochet i could paint i could roller skate i could kibitz i could do i'm talented in, in every way right that's not as specific multifaceted it's the same thing multi-hyphenated means that mm -hmm. i have specific parts of my personality mm -hmm. that I call upon to tell a story to get a point right. across to it's like ribbons of a kite right let's go you know i saw that while i was in london um how, how was it oh incredible incredible uh, a friend of mine is playing what is that the statue ne neelius 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 yeah. come down from that plinth um something like that it's but like, like ribbons of a kite like they all fly together in harmony uh and how how they fly in consort sort of like are are your different skill sets coming together to create whatever you're making? Yes, I think that's beautiful. I love it. Let's let's all make our own kite fly. And Shall I think we? that I think that's another, you know, I think that's actually a really beautiful image because we're so interested in making our kites look like other people's kites. And as and we have to figure out how to keep ours our own float in, in the air like mm -hmm. your multi-hyphenate identity is so you and so amazing and like you are creating this epic path for you that has to do with like the per the preservation of musical theater mm -hmm. artistry yeah. i think that when i look at you that's like the that's like the undertone of it like you focus on the preservation of musical theater mm -hmm. artistry whether or not you're performing in a cabaret setting, whether or not you're producing, whether or not you're writing, it all comes from this love and this respect of musical theater. And I love that about you. I don't, do you agree? Do you disagree? I do. I, it, what's really fascinating to me as I think about sort of my show business careers is um, every job that I've had has been me going, 
hi, I would like to do this. Yeah. Uh, that's Same. my job at Broadway Records. Mm -hmm. My position did not exist before me. It was built for me. When I was at Playbill, what I was hired for existed, but what I ended up doing did not exist. It was built for me. Mm -hmm. Every sort of thing I do, it's literally me knocking on doors and saying, hey, girl, what's good? I would love to do it. Yeah. And people going, sure, we will give you small amounts of money so that you can do it. Michael Kushner photography did not exist before I created it. I mean, other right. photographies exist, but my specific one didn't. Right. Dear Multi-Hyphenate did not exist before me. And the dressing my room project. dressing room project did not exist mm -hmm. before. We are in this industry that is so made up. Yeah. It's so made up. And mm -hmm. like, that's the exciting thing is that it's built on the principles of telling stories. What right. story do you have to tell? And figure out the ways in which to tell them. Like, you want to be a performer? You want to be Alphaba? That is amazing. But what are you going to do in that time that you are waiting for? Yeah. For that debut which will mm -hmm. happen but you're just gonna sit and collect dust like no no you just keep knocking and choosing yourself and making your own projects i love it i love it and so what's coming up for you babe what is there how what's the call to action here how can we get behind robbie Rozelle and drink the kool-aid well, first, you can find an abortion fund and donate to it mm -hmm. uh, because they need us far more than I need you. Uh -huh. um, then you can just honestly, the best thing that you can do for queer creators um, is give them a follow on on Spotify so that when new things show up, it's there, you know, like. Or give them a follow on Instagram, like their content, share their content, mm. whether it's me or literally anybody else. The more that you're sharing and uplifting other people, uh, the more that work is being found. I just feel like that is such a great lesson because I think that there's so much contention in the rat race mm -hmm. that just because your win just because you're having a win does not mean I'm having a loss. Correct. I can celebrate you. And if that celebration means giving you a follow, mm -hmm. fine, I'll do it. Like, how are we lifting up other people? Because honestly, a rising tides lift all boats, right? Right. Yes, exactly. And so truly part of, of my identity uh, is lifting up the people I love and their work. It's very important to me yeah. um, at all times and celebrating their wins because uh, in this industry, a lot of times it's it's not just uh, I have to win. It's that you have to fail. Yeah. Um, and I have no interest in that. None. None. You know, Ari Axelrod and I were talking yesterday on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. And love him too. And, you know, we were talking about publicly shaming other people in the industry. Yeah. There's so much of that. There's sure. so much public shaming of what, like what we saw with Funny Girl, right? Mm. Like we've, I've seen Facebook friends of mine go up and just 
destroy multiple things in this Broadway community, different shows, different performances, people on TikTok just going as if they know the industry. And it breaks my heart because I'm like, do you know that that video is like, but like is probably going to get seen by this person. And like, you mm-hmm. are, you are single-handedly like hurting someone. Right. Why do we and do that? Why? Now there's certainly a difference from like a light snark back yes. in the day of like live tweeting the, the Tony awards. Right. There's this now like lean in and how can we be meaner? Meaner. And I'm just being honest. No one asked for your fucking opinion. Are you just being honest is the question because what it seems like is you are, are punching down. Definitely. There's a difference between reading Mm-hmm. And being in on the joke and yep. roasting someone. Yes. And like all for the sake of being like, oh my God, that's a funny joke. Like, did you mm-hmm. see the um did you see the video of the guy like being like, do you support LGBTQ or mm-hmm. LGBT? And it was like, um, and he was like, Do I support uh Leah getting beanie? to quit that's what uh-huh. it was Leah I was like that is so brilliant and yeah. funny that's a forbidden Broadway joke mm-hmm. that's you know that's punching up that's going like that to me that celebration and going yes like, you know but by literally being like you suck you're awful never have a like blah blah who asked you why are you doing go to therapy truly truly just make the make make your work Make your work. If you don't, exactly. If you don't like what you're seeing, if you don't like that performance, make mm-hmm. something so undeniable that we have no chance but to produce your show. Right. Make your work. Make your work, baby. Make your work. Chase that dream and be nice. That's right. That's all we want. Robbie Rosell, I love you so much. I adore you. I'm so grateful to you for having me. This is such a great conversation. And my favorite conversations are the ones where we can just sort of kibitz and, you know, shoot the shit and mm-hmm. make each other laugh. And you always make me laugh. Find real truths among them. Exactly. Love you so much. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.